Well, let's have a word or two about Sudan. Poor Sudan has been through the mill, hasn't it? It's a country I know and love. I love it very much. Though I haven't spent much time there since old President Numeri was in power, and that's years and years ago when I was a younger man. But uh, Sudan, Sudan is a precious place. And now it's split into two. It used to be a million square miles, largest country in Africa, and largely because of British interference, because we put in the Comprehensive Peace Agreement, which was supposed to be a peace agreement to solve all Sudan's problems. We put that in place. British lead, a uh, dear man called Alan Goulty, was our lead diplomat. It was at the behest of the late Derek Fatchett, then our Minister of State for Foreign Affairs. And where are we now? Well, Sudan has been through more civil wars, South fighting South, North fighting North, North fighting South. It's all a mess. Um, and, uh, and here we are. Uh, the latest mess has been the, the uprising in the North against Bashir, President Bashir. And good riddance, many would say. President Bashir was a real problem and part of the problem in Sudan, according to many observers. He was certainly a dictator in the old-fashioned word sense of the word. And we had an uprising, and it was a genuine people's uprising, and the government stepped aside. And Bashir is due to go on trial for corruption now. Um, and there is a kind of a peace agreement, thank goodness, a kind of a peace agreement for Sudan. Uh, formally to be signed uh, in front of foreign dignities on August the 17th. And there will be a, well, a, a military come civilian council that is supposed to be sworn in on August the 19th. Um, and this is for a transitional period of 36 months, three years before we actually get elections in Sudan. Well, perhaps it takes that long. And maybe maybe it's quite reasonable that it should be three years. I'd, I'd go with that. That's fine. Um, but this uh, presidential council, this sovereign council, will hopefully not have too much power because what we want is, and what we, we the agreement has in place is the idea that there should be a legislative council, uh, which will be independent with something approaching 300 members, 40% of the seats being reserved for women and some 60 or more percent, of, well, 67% of the seats um, are going to be for the Forces of Freedom and Change Alliance, which is the basically the alliance in the street, of groups in the street that were, that were the, what, those that the protesters that overthrew President Bashir. So we have progress or do we problem is that a lot of the people you speak to in sudan are still not happy uh, at least uh, i've been speaking to someone from the sudanese mothers for peace group and she told me very firmly that they are sick and tired of the african union giving ultimatums and trying to lord it and and really dictate the terms of any agreements in Sudan. They are also pretty tired of the fact that the women have not been re represented in the negotiating. Women were in the lead, if you remember, in the Sudanese uprising against President Bashir. Women have not been represented 
in the negotiating groups that have gone to negotiate with the military um, on, on the whole issue of the way forward. Not only are they annoyed about that, perhaps with very good reason, but in addition they're annoyed about the fact that the traditional rebels in Sudan, in North Sudan, I'm talking about uh, insurgents from the Nuba Mountains, insurgents from Darfur, these groups are also not represented, and they have been part of the problem. I mean, I don't blame them for the problem. You could blame many people for the problem, but um, there are 46 factions in Darfur alone that are opposed to the government. None of them are represented in these discussions. And many of the people from who have fought for independent for well for freedom in Sudan are disturbed by the fact that these negotiations at the behest of the Organization of African Union exclude some of these people uh, now on top of that they're kind of bothered that the rapid support services you remember the Jangjaweed the militia the Jangjaweed who Bashir armed um, and but with submachine guns, and who then went romping off, you could argue with uh, justification. They had a chip on their shoulders. They were cattlemen, and there were ranchers closing down their land. But then they, um, then they started killing the ranchers, which was a bit unfair, um, and and a lot of misery as a consequence. The Jangjaweed, the rapid support forces. Um, they're now to be a new military unit under the army, under a specific general for the Jangjaweed. does disturb the um, many of the protesters because, of course, they were responsible for, for, for much of the violence against civilians, uh, both in Khartoum recently and historically across uh, in Darfur. Um, not not any clarity either on the resumption of proper internet services. Nonetheless, we have a timeline. We have uh, we're expecting negotiations to finish on the nineteenth of August, and signature final signature on the thirtieth of August, and away we go. But people are not happy. People are not happy about the way the Organization of African Union have been handling things. There are ongoing negotiations in Egypt now. Um, taking place outside of Sudan, of course. Uh, the, um, they're also a little worried about the role of the Sovereign Council or Presidential Council, if you like to call it that. This is to be 11 people, 5 military, 5 civilian, and one so-called neutral person who's likely to be ex-military. They have promises that this is going to be a symbolic council, uh, with rather the role that the Queen of England might play. Um, but will it be? Will it behave itself? It's got the military on board. There's a little worry there, and it is a little worry for the, for the protesters. What do they want? What do they mostly want? I guess they would like the EU, and particularly the United Kingdom, to take a bigger role in support of human rights and freedom in Sudan, in support of a fair and just agreement. After all, the United Kingdom 
has an ethical and moral responsibility. Uh, it was the lead in the Comprehensive Peace Agreement, the CPA, that broke Sudan into two countries. It was also, of course, the former colonial power along with Egypt. So um, there is there is a responsibility. People feel there's a responsibility. They would like to see Britain uh, kind of actually being a little more helpful. And the European Union also, who are not being as helpful as the protesters would like. People actually think this is a moment of opportunity, a moment of hope. And they just don't want things to fall apart. So we all need to wise up. We all need to take care. It's a special moment for Sudan, one of the most precious countries on earth. So God bless Sudan, and let's hope for better times ahead, given this agreement that's being negotiated at present.